Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, I'm Charlie Lofton, uh, lead pastor here. I'm really glad you're worshiping with us. And we'd love to know that you were here. You can check in online at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. You can go out to our connect desk. Either way, we would love to know that you were here. Any way that we can help you, serve you, we'd love to know that. Um, again, we're glad that all of you are here. And before we kind of get into our sermon, uh, we're, uh, this will be our second week of a series we're kind of doing about our hearts and attitudes about money. Uh, if you were here last week, you know, we kind of introduced uh, that we are about to launch a new capital campaign to raise a little bit of money. If you, if you're not, if you weren't here, it's kind of be new to you. But a part of it all just kind of starts with this idea that um, last year, uh, right as we were acquiring this new space, we found out our building had been sold. And I'll tell the whole story maybe at some point, but in, in ways that were just kind of weird, um, the, the, the new owner... I made it very clear to us that he did not want us to be in this building anymore. And as soon as we, our lease is finished, he wants to move out because he believes he can make a lot more money. And so um, we're now in kind of moving into an uncertain territory where probably in the next five years, um, we are going to need to make a move. We kind of have between four to seven years left on this lease, depending on some things. Uh, But we need to start thinking about the future. And so we're kind of putting some plans together, and part and this capital campaign is part of that. And there's a few things that we need to make sure that we are achieving around this. It's kind of kind of the driver behind it. Uh, the first is is that one of the things that's going to have to happen for us to get from here to whatever this next step is that God has for us, we are going to have to kind of rally a little bit more in the discipline of giving and kind of support for the organization. And, and making sure that we have the resources that we need to do what God has called us to as a church. We need to kind of grow and improve on that. And at the same time, as we're doing that, there's some equipment that I feel like that we can go ahead and buy now. As we're kind of growing in this discipline of giving, we can kind of, there's some equipment that we need to replace. There's some things that we can do that we can use now, but will also be a benefit in the future. So we're kind of pre-raising for, for the move. The second thing is it's important for us to finish strong here. The last thing that we want to do is kind of have this idea. is like, okay, we're, we're having to move, and it just feels like that that's kind of all that we're talking about. That's all that we're doing. So we just kind of put it in neutral. But really what God has called us to do here is not going to be put on pause for the next five years. We want to finish strong in the ministry that God has called us here in our church. But in addition to that, the third thing is, is that we need to make sure that we stay really focused on the big picture mission that God has called us to. We certainly do not want to kind of become a church for the next three to five years where it just seems like that's all we talk about is the move, the move, the move. And we lose sight of our call to make impact in our community and ultimately in our world as well. And so with that, there's kind of three different elements that kind of compose this new capital campaign, and it's kind of in three equalish parts. We're going to raise about $80,000, and we're replacing some worship equipment that needs to be replaced that, that, that went out that we can use now and in the future. Uh, we are also going to try to bring a little life to our kids' space with some, some paint, some new equipment there that is just going to allow that to just kind of be a more vibrant space for our kids. And then third, we're raising money for our missions budget. And so again, we're trying to raise about $80,000, and I've got a video here that I'd like for you to watch, kind of with the people who kind of head up those three different uh, parts of what we're raising money for. Hey guys, my name's Cass Harris, and uh, I get to oversee the worship 
and the production here at the Grove. Yeah, so when you walk in, um, you probably maybe don't notice all the stuff that's going on, but there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Um, and we'll have close to 15 people um, on a given Sunday serving and helping out. Got some folks back in the booth and obviously some people up on the stage. We have a, a light show that we're working on that gets uh, programmed. We've got the, the video aspect, uh, whether it's the teaching or if it's the, uh, the words on the slides. Uh, bumper video. We got folks that are making that. We probably have miles of cable running in this room. One thing you don't think about is we have a live stream going on also. Um, everyone on stage is listening to the music uh, in headphones and in, in ear monitors. It's a pretty complicated setup. It's a, it's a uh, it takes a lot of gear. It's really kind of amazing and overwhelming when you think about it. Um, and so all it takes is one of those pieces to kind of shut down uh, and it can really throw a wrench in the whole operation. And recently we've had some uh, pretty key equipment break. Man, on the inner workings of it all, it's been pretty stressful and pretty difficult to pull off Sundays. Um, and so we're really in need uh, for some new stuff. Um, and we've been putting together a list of things that uh, is going to work really great for us. And also, are going to be able to we're going to be able to take those with us when we go to our next space sunday mornings are is, is a great opportunity uh, and it's really the the one time that we can all be all together we get a chance to see that this isn't just me here i'm not alone uh, i've got people that are standing beside me that love me and care for me and are just trying to figure out what it means to walk with God and to be loved by Him. And anything that we can do in this room uh, to create an atmosphere for that uh, is so important. Um, and we just so important for the equipment just to work. Being able to replace some of this stuff would just be incredible for us and be incredible for Sunday mornings. Um, take the stress off of, of getting things done. Um, so I just want to thank you in advance um, for being able to give towards this. Hey, I'm Caitlin, the Grove Kids Director here, and we are really excited for the potential of our space in our Grove Kids area. Um, we want every family who walks through our doors to feel like we love them, and we're really excited that they and their children are here. So we want that message to be communicated clearly the second they walk through the door. Um, we're really excited to be renovating some of our spaces and just making it more kid-friendly, more exciting, more engaging for our children so that when they walk in, they know that they are loved and that we are so excited that they're here. Some of the things that we're hoping to get accomplished in our space here is just adding more color in the hallways, um, making our fifth and sixth grade room more specific to that age group. So we wanna give them some fun games and making it more special for those fifth and sixth graders. Um, our big bungalow room at the end of the hallway right now is pretty bland. And so we're really excited to make that more colorful, um, add more engaging elements to the wall and games in there as well, so that our kindergartners through fourth graders can have more space that's their own and more personalized to them as well. Um, and then our two classrooms that are towards the end of the hallway, um, just adding some color to those two. Um, that would be our kindergartner and then our first and second grade classrooms, just giving them their own space so they feel more loved and excited to be in their rooms. I am so excited for what we can be doing here in the Grove Kids area. And I really hope that you'll partner with us and just extend to all the families that we know and love that they are welcomed here and that we want them to be a part of what's going on in Grove Kids. Hey, I'm Mark, and I am excited about what we've got going on with Missions at the Grove. 
both locally, regionally, and uh, what we're doing globally. You know, from past experience in parachurch missions initiatives, I've just seen how critical it is that everyone has adequate funding. And so a lot of times there's something that uh, a group is really passionate about, a need that they have seen and have recognized and have a plan to meet, but they don't have the, the funds to really be able to execute that. And uh, so it's really cool that we get to be a part of helping those ministries and those initiatives take place. I heard it said one time that, uh, you know, money's not everything, but it's dangerously close to oxygen. And it feels like in, uh, in this new initiative that we've got to, to raise these funds and to, to make sure that uh, the, the ministries that we're connected to are able to do what God has called them to do. It's that way. You know, each, each group needs man, manpower, but they also need adequate funding. It feels like as the church is growing, one of those big steps of maturity is dreaming big, thinking ahead, looking down the road, having the funds to be able to do those huge, bigger things uh, that we might dream of. It's really exciting to think about the growth, being able to have an impact uh, for generations to come. Our desire and heart is to have an impact in Fayetteville, in Arkansas, around our country, in El Salvador, and even in all the way to South Asia. Yeah, so again, we're trying to raise about $80,000 for these three things. And again, it's about in equal proportions. And a few things I just want to comment on, like, like we've ever really talked about the specifics, because sometimes we talk about the specifics of uh, worship and tech equipment. We kind of like, what? I, I get a little, a little bit lost. But one of the pieces is our soundboard. I, I don't know what you know about the way churches work or the way sound works. Like, like soundboard is kind of a big deal. Like it's like the whole, it's like the whole thing holds it together. And so we need to replace that. It just broke. It just doesn't work anymore. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, bro, you say the soundboard doesn't work, and yet I hear you. So let me just use this illustration with you. Imagine that you have a baking business. You make cookies, and your oven goes out. But you also have an easy-bake oven that allows you to make cookies. Like, can you make cookies? Yeah. Could you do it well? Could you make enough of them? I guess. But the amount of extra work and stress around that. It's just, it's just, it's becoming incredibly challenging for our team. And so we need this now and, and are looking for the future. And I know that a lot of you guys um, initially were drawn by, to our church by our incredible worship team. And this is a great way for us to support them and the ministry that they do and really just kind of enhance what we're able to do on Sundays. And with our kids, Caitlin used this word. I think I used it last word. We used the word renovate. I just want to make sure we're clear. We're not moving any walls. We're not doing any construction because some people are like, why don't we do that if we're going to move in a few years? Well, we're not, we're not doing anything like that, but we are, again, we're trying to bring some life to it. Like the, the, the bungalow room, the big room that she was talking about, it, it, it's always kind of, we always kind of had it like it's a multi-purpose space, but we just really want like that room and all the rooms, we just really feel like they're special for our kids. And so there's some equipment that we need to get that, again, that we're going to be able to take with us. And just to bring a little life and, and energy more to that space where it's, hey, where we make sure that the kids and families, that when they come here, that they know that we love and value and want their kids. And then our missions, we just have this great opportunity. We, have, we make sure that we give about 10% of our money away every year to groups outside. And we have built a reputation with mission Missionaries we support, local ministries that we support. Uh, just a very, we're a very generous church, and we have incredible opportunities to 
to give money away. And I, I haven't done the exact math on this, but I think at some point in the next 12 months, we will cross the line where in the 12 years um, that our family has been here, we will, we will have given away over a million dollars to other organizations and groups that are doing incredible things. And I want you to feel like that you have a real tangible hand in that. Because sometimes people are like, I don't want to just give money and it feel like it just kind of goes out there. I want you to know that if you, if you give to this campaign, you will take it and it is directly going to support missions over the world and, and local ministries here that are doing incredible things here in our community. And so I want you to feel like you've got that. And some of you are going to be kind of more drawn to the kids thing. You've got some kids. Some of you are just going to really love the worship. There's a lot of really tangible ways where you feel like that your money can make a big difference. And I also know that there are a lot of newer people that have been coming to the church just a few months. I also think it's a great on-ramp for you. As you're kind of thinking like taking that step of like, I, I want to become a member, I want to be connected, and part of that is a discipline in giving and supporting the church financially. This is a great on-ramp for you, I think, in that step. And then also, some of you, uh, you're just thinking about your, starting, maybe starting to think about your end-of-year giving, um, where you're thinking about what kind of, okay, what do we need to do for the end of the year, thinking about ministry support. It's a great opportunity for that. $80,000, it may seem like a lot, but with the the number of families that we had that filled out kind of that you belong survey of the families we know, it would, it would, if we all did 500, it would be, we would be done. And that may be a lot for some, but also know it's not very much for others. And so depending on where you are, I just ask you to start prayerfully considering um, this is kind of your above and beyond giving. We're not asking anybody to transfer what you have been giving and move it to this project because that's just putting money in your left pocket, put in your right. I mean, this is kind of extra giving. So we've got some cards here to ask every family to take one home. So just start praying about your involvement. We'll talk about this a little bit more next week. And then in two weeks, uh, we'll ask and start asking for these cards to come back. But we just are just excited not only about what God has for our future, but the way that God is really just kind of helping what we're doing just kind of come together and the impact that we're able to have here um, on Sundays, but then the impact we're able to have in our community and world. So thanks in advance uh, for your consideration on this. So we'll now transfer, tra- uh, transition to our sermon. And so we're just going to pretend right now that I had some really cool intro to kind of help you understand what the topic is. And, and now we'll just go to the verse because we, we're running a little short on time here because we got the little bonus stuff going. So we're just going to jump right into this. If you were here last week, we're just talking about how our heart about money can be a real problem. We looked at this verse, 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So that phrase there, that kind of opening idea, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. It's a, mo- it's a very pretty well-known idea, a very misquoted one. And we often misquote it to money is the root of all evil. And we talked about this last week, if you were here, that when we do that, we, we absolve ourselves from responsibility. It's not my fault. It's money's fault. Money did this to me. But if it's our attitude about money, it's something else. But also the other idea about this too, if it's money, if money is the problem and money is a necessity, now I'm helpless. What can I do? Money, money is necessary, 
and it's doing this thing to me. But if it's our attitude, you're not helpless. You're not help. There's something that you can do. But often what we try to do is we just try, I'm just, I'm just going to try to avoid it. I'm just going to avoid talking about it. I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm not going to think about money. I'm just going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. And when we do that, most of these things that we do, our anxiety, we're, we're giving power to it. It's, it's just money. But the more we fear and the more, or the more we avoid, we give it way too much power, way too much consideration. But if it's our attitude, if the problem is not money, and the problem is in fact internal to me, then there is in fact something that you can do about it. And so what we're going to do, if you were here last week, these these slides that come up the rest of the day will feel very familiar to you. Because we talked about kind of some challenges and all these things that we have with our attitude about money. And today we're going to look back at all of those things and talk about what it is that we can do to replace it. So last week what we said is that our attitude about money can derail our life. What if our attitude about money could strengthen our life? What if if I changed my attitude and my attitude about money could make my life better? Because again, money is not evil. It is not the root of evil. It is just a thing. So let's just say this. I want to say this out loud. It's going to sound weird. I'm a preacher and we're in church and you don't say things like this. What if money is a good thing? What if it's good? What if you decided... That money and how it relates and how I relate with it, it's good. What if I just declared it? What if I said that it were so? What would be different? What if it was just like, man, I've got money's actually, it's actually really helpful. There's lots of little things that I need to do. Like I need to eat. I need to eat food. And I have money and I get food. I need, I need a place to sleep. And so I sleep and, and money helps me do that. I, I want to live a life and money allows me to do the things in my life that I want to do. And I'm just going to say, it's a good thing. Well, I don't have enough. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. But what if just with your attitude, I'm going to stop thinking about it one way and thinking about it differently. And I'm going to decide that money's role in my life is a good one. What if just with a few adjustments of your attitude, money could be a good thing. There's a, pa- there's a parable that we're going to talk about next week. It's kind of a little teaser for next week to come back. A parable that Jesus tells that many of you probably haven't heard before because it's weird. It's weird what he says, and it's about money. We avoid it because it's about money, and then what he says is a little bit weird, but it's actually very compelling because what he's saying is essentially that. What if money were a good thing? And you could use it to do good. And it was actually something that would allow you to even more do and be and become the person that God called you to be. And the only thing that is keeping you from moving from this place of, I feel anxiety, I feel fear, I feel overwhelmed, I don't want to talk about it, I want to avoid it, to money is really helping enhance everything that I want in my life, who I want to be, who God has called me to be? What if the only difference of those two things was a change in your attitude? What would that look like? 
Well, let's just kind of look. Again, we'll just kind of go back and look at some of these attitudes we talked about before. In the beginning of the passage in 1 Timothy 6 that we looked at last week, <coughs> it started with this phrase. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So he's rebuking some people who have gotten this idea into their head that if they act godly, it will be a financial benefit to them. And he's rebuking that idea. And we talked about it a little bit last week, that there's a theology out there that kind of subscribes to that, that if, if you act right, God's going to give you more money. And there are pastors that kind of, you know, there's people out there leading churches and organizations that have used at least a, a, a false front of godliness to enhance themselves financially. And it's not a new phenomenon. 2,000 years ago, Paul's already rebuking this idea. And then he follows up with this, contentment with godliness. Godliness being you being the person that God has called you to be, character-wise and action-wise. If you could pair that with being content with what you have, that is, in fact, great gain. So we talked about one of the, the attitudes that is killing us is greed. And what if we replaced greed with contentment? Because we have this idea, what is greed? I want more, I want to gain, I want to gain, I want more, I want more. I, like my, my life should be getting better and, and, and it, it, is, it will be enhanced by my, me gaining things. So in this play on words, Paul says you want to gain, you want to have gains in your life? Live the life God's called you to and be content with where you currently are. That is where real gain is going to happen. And so then I learned to think, you know, what I have, it is sufficient. It is, it's good. Not, oh, I guess good enough. No, it's good. I'm happy with where I am. Could I have more? Sure. Would it be nice? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Whatever. But where I am right now, I choose to call it good. You, you could do that. You could choose to say, where I am right now, I call it good, and I just give up this idea, this, this longing that I have for more. Again, I mentioned this last week, so I'm doing this on purpose, kind of paralleling a little bit. A lot of the things we talked about last week and just kind of flipping them. I mentioned that I, had to get, that I got a different car. It started with my oldest daughter, and she had a RAV4, and it was pushing and getting close to 200,000 miles. And all of a sudden, I just got a little in it, right? Which, you know, I don't know anything about cars. And sometimes I get a and it's just a few hundred dollars, and it's fine. Every now and then, it's like the bad This was the bad one, right? It took us a couple weeks to find out. It turned out all in, it was going to cost about $7,000 to fix this. It's a car that we paid $6,500 for three years ago. And so it's like, I'm not a financial planner, but that didn't seem like the greatest investment in the world. And so we decided not to do that. And so instead, we made the decision that the car that I was driving, the old red Hyundai, the, very, the, the, the thing that had been defining me in so many people's minds for seven years, me and the red Hyundai with the hog sticker on the back was gone. I was going to give it to Maley, right? And so now I've got, now I, I got to get a car. And your first thought, not your first thought, my first thought, my first thought is, man, if I'm going to get a car, I'm going to get a car. I mean, I don't want to do this, but like, I want this to be a good thing. I want the, if, in, order, in order for this to be a good thing, it's a bad thing that you have to get a car when you don't want to. But let's make it a good thing. And you know how you make it a good thing? Is you get a bigger, better, nicer car. That's just, it just pops into your head. And I was like, 
All of a sudden, it's like, but, but why? What if, I, what if I didn't? I mean, Maylie's getting an upgrade, and that's good enough. And I'll just, what if I just, what if I just got a car? Just a car. Like, it was just, it was just a car. And I'm telling you, as much as one can just, quote, go get a car, that's what I did. It's a Honda Civic. You've ever noticed a Honda Civic on the road? No. You don't notice Honda Civics. There's a lot of them, but you don't notice them. And let me tell you, not only that, you drive by, it's in the back. I want you to tell me what color this car is. I don't know. Yeah, bro, of course it is. It's like silver or something, right? No, no, it's not. It's not silver. Somebody said it's brown. It's not brown. You have to make up words. A friend of mine said pewter, and I was like, I like that because I think that's a color, but it's not, it's just, a, it's just, it just is, it's just a car. But I've decided, again, mentally, I've decided it's a good thing. You always knew where I was when I was driving the red Hyundai. Now I can be sneaky. You'll never know where I am because you won't ever know what this car is. Because even if you see it, you're like, oh, I know what color that is. It's purple. And then you'll, and then, but you don't, you have no mental image. You're not going to be able to like that. Like every day I walk out, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that car looks like. I I forget. (laughs) Anyways. And I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's fine. It does everything that I need a car to do. I could just be content. Another story, it was, you know, almost 13 years ago now. We moved here in August 12 years ago. I was down to the final two, interviewing for a new job. I was down to the final two at two different places, here and a church in um, Hot Springs. Church in Hot Springs was a denominational church. And had I taken that job that they were ready to offer me, um, it would have been 2x of what I was making then. It would have been, I would have been making double there. Um. And I could have moved here and make less money than what I was making before. Those are my two choices. You know, and I don't know many people. And again, I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm just kind of, we're just kind of talking about this attitude, right? I don't know many people who's like, I'm just going to intentionally do this that's less money when I could, in fact, go back to make a lot more money. It would have been, for us, would have been life-changing kind of money. We chose not to. Because isn't there more? Isn't there more to consider? Wasn't, this, was, this was a better opportunity. It was, it was a church that was more likely to able to kind of become this, this vision that God had given my wife and I for what we wanted this church to be. This was just a better opportunity. So it didn't matter about the money. The Arkansas Razorbacks play their sporting events here. This, this thing's more important than money. Can we just agree on that? Because it's fine it's fine. And I can choose to make a decision that I am going to be content. I'll be who God has called me to be and I'll decide that where I am and what I have in and of itself, it's fine. And with that comes gain. We're all looking for gain. We're all looking for more. What if the more is found someplace unexpected? I'm just going to be who God's called me to be and I'm going to decide where I am and what I have is fine. All right, there's another passage. We referenced it a little bit last time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
He's talking to a group of people that are really worried, really for good reason. They didn't have, they didn't, they didn't have very many resources at all. And very worried about what, what, what next week was going to be like, what next year is going to be like. Maybe tomorrow. Like, I mean, where, where's food coming from tomorrow? It's an interesting thing. Jesus talking to a group of people that don't know where tomorrow's money is coming from, tomorrow's food is coming from, is don't worry about that. In fact, if you will seek God first and his righteousness, all these things you're worried about, you, you, get, you get those. And stop worrying about tomorrow. Worry about today. Today's got a lot of worry, thing to worry about. Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Basically saying, God's got this. God's got this. I mean, he compares it. He's like, God takes care of birds and he likes you more than a bird. Just trust, seek him first. And so very often our attitude about money is to be afraid, to have fear. But what if we replaced fear with trust? Then rather than being afraid about what tomorrow might bring, what if I chose to trust? I don't know how your brain works, but this is how my brain works. And at some point in the next few years, I'll have a follow-up to this. My brain works this way. Got one daughter, she got a car, had a bunch of miles on it. Um, and now it doesn't work. Had, but, hey, got another daughter. Car has less than 100,000 miles on it, but it's, got, it's 15 years old. And my brain, one car goes down. I was like, well, here it goes. Domino, first domino. Next one's going to break. That's what happens. Some people think bad luck comes in three. Some people like me, it's like bad luck just comes. It's just like, it just, it just does. And so I'm just kind of like, I'm just waiting for it. And my wife looks at me, he's like, why are you already worried about that? I'm like, don't get all spiritual on me. Why worry about it? Maybe, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. If it does happen, God is still going to be in charge, in control, the next, the next day after that. What if I just choose, rather than to be anxious about the future, I just chose to trust because here's the deal. God has given me every reason to trust him. Every reason in the world. Now there's a legendary story out there, and if you've been around here for a while, you've heard me talk about it. If you're new, this will be new to you. But we, several years ago, I guess we are pushing over 20 years ago, we were at seminary. We were there for about two years. I was finishing my master's degree. If you know what seminary is, it's grad school for preachers. And we were there for about two years. We had a newborn and a three-year-old. And it was a very challenging time. I was working as a night manager at a Chick-fil-A, taking 15 to 18 hours of grad school. My wife was staying home. And we were just trying to survive. We were just trying to survive. And I had this budget that I'd put together based on the money that we knew was coming in, the money that we had in savings. All these things we're going to have to do. We're going to have to replace a car. We knew that. We're going to need a computer. We knew that. And, and, and this is back when computers were not near as cheap as they are right now. And, and just all sorts of these things. I had these things. And no matter how I ran the numbers, the, the little total there at the end was dark red. It was dark red. I don't know if you've ever seen Excel. It's like they just turn it purple just to taunt you. No, it doesn't really do that. That's how it felt to me. It was like, like flashing red. Like this is not going to work. And a week would go by. A month would go by. Three months went by. Six months went by. And, and it never really, the dynamics of the thing, I would have to change and go, the, the computer costs this, the car costs this. You do all these things. And the number never stopped being red. Like you're going to plow through all your savings. And then, and then question mark. Two years goes past. We did not take one dime out of our savings. Fully paid for seminary with no debt. And we're able to move to the next place and buy a house. I mean, there's so many thing, elements of the story. Like, there's so many things that didn't happen. The car that we got, it literally stranded me six times. We had to spend three times as much as we paid for it to fix it. 
the house that we owned before we moved to seminary, we couldn't sell it. And so we, we, ma- we were making mortgage payments on a house we didn't live in for like three or four months. So like we moved in June. It was finally like it was Halloween before that house sold, which is a common theme in my, my life, by the way. For those of you who have been around, we have never once moved and the house that we lived in sold. We're 0 for 3. So that's why we've been here for 12 years in the same house for 11 years. So if you're ever worried about us, don't worry about us. We're not going anywhere because we don't, we don't want to go 0 for 4, Right? All these things, like, like the spreadsheet, the numbers only got worse. What happened? And as honestly as I can be with you, I have no idea. Except to say that the God of the universe took care of me. And I could have worried, and I did, some days. But the longer it went on, it was just like, it seems like maybe God's got this. And 20 years later, I have just nothing but stories to tell you about the faithfulness of God in difficult and challenging times. And so I choose trust over fear. And here's the last thing. I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to do this to you. Because too often, you hear a sermon, starts talking about your attitude and says things like, hey, Bible, you know, I know some of you are anxious. And the Bible says, don't be anxious. So don't be anxious. Oh, you're afraid? I mean, have you considered, think, think about, have you considered not being afraid? Huh? Oh, you're anxious? Oh, what if you didn't do that? Like, 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 if, like bro, if I could do that, I would, I would do it. And like, hey, don't be afraid. Give up this unhealthy desire for more and just choose to be content. If we could do those things, we would have done them already. And ultimately what this comes down to is the last one is that too often we worship money, we give money everything, we give it our whole heart, and the Bible calls that idolatry. But what if instead of idolatry, we chose surrender? Jesus says you can't worship two masters at the same time. You can't worship God and money. Worship God instead. And so what if, rather than having this idolatry where money becomes everything to me, What if God became my everything? What if I surrendered to him? Because the reality of it is, there is a heart work that needs to happen in all of us. If we're gonna free ourselves from what feels like this trap that money has on us, it has this hold, this grip. If we're gonna break that, there's gonna be have to something supernatural is gonna have to happen inside of me. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ is offering every one of us to do a supernatural work in our hearts. And it begins with surrender. A moment when I recognize the real gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for forgiveness of my sins. And he died so that I might have hope and life and peace in him. And when I surrender to him, the Holy Spirit comes and does a work in me. And now the things that I used to think I don't think anymore and the things that I thought I could never do or think, I I can because of what God is doing inside of me. And if I surrender to him, I have life. And some of you have never done that. And today is your day. We're not here to just learn good principles. We're not here to kind of get a new perspective. We are here because 
Jesus Christ wants to transform us from the inside out so that then we can live. And some of you need to take that first step of real surrender to Jesus Christ. And watch what God does inside of you. But some of us have done that. But we still need to surrender. Maybe not the big first time capital S surrender, but a a re-surrendering. A refocusing of recognizing I've allowed my heart and mind to get off track. God, I, rem- I know what you did. God, continue to do that work in me. Change my heart. Change my life. And allow my heart and attitude about money to change. Because I, I want life. and li- I, want, I, I want real gain. I want real life. I want, I want to be godly with contentment to have real gain. I don't want to be anxious about tomorrow. I want to trust. It begins with a surrender moment. So let's make a decision today. Collectively as God's people and individually as families and individually as individual people within those families. That I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give up this worship of money. I'm going to give up fear. I'm going to give up greed. And I'm going to choose to surrender to Jesus Christ, who is the giver of real life. Let's pray. God, I'm just going to confess. I got a lot of reasons to be nervous. It's weird. It's scary to think about moving into an unknown future with the church with money that we don't have yet. And to think about this first step that we're taking. There's lots of reasons to be nervous. But God, I hear with you and with all of them, I just, I I surrender that. God, you've been faithful to us as a church. And I know you will continue to. And God, in our own ways, God, in our own families, in our own lives, in our own finances, we've got lots of reasons to be afraid, to be uncertain. And God, I pray that we would all surrender and choose to trust, to be content, and to allow your Holy Spirit to do an incredible work in each of our hearts individually and ultimately collectively that we can continue to be a generous church, a life-giving church to our community and to our world. And so God, whatever step of surrender and trust that we need to take, God, I pray that we will all take it. And as always, we are thankful for your son who makes all this possible. And it's in his name that we pray, amen.